In a world where three pudgy history teachers discuss random aspects of history. I've got nothing. No, oh, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. Welcome back to the History Bros, where once again, doing this again huh? we will talk about history and other things. I have to say, we should point out, last week, as of now, we got 74 listens. We'd like Woo! to push that number to at least 75 or even 76. So help us along, mm. like and share. <laughs> kind of like you liked and shared our post. Around 60 people agreed to stab Julius Caesar. At the end of it, Julius Caesar's body only had 23 stab wounds. Even back then, not all of the members of a group would do their part. Hey, that got 6,000, uh, reached 6,000 people in like a day. We do nice a job, guys. Theater now? Is that what this Rude's, is? Rude is like the guy who's going to read every word on the PowerPoint to you. That's... That's... <laughs> <laughs> Just in case That's, not everybody uh, can see this, oh, I'm gonna Hat, read it. Hatfield, why did you do not Hatfield? Gelmacher, why'd you do that? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You do too. You sent me a thing with a picture of a certain somebody that I seem to um um <laughs> recognize well. Recognize well. <laughs> That's a good picture. <laughs> anyway, oh my God in heaven. There's nothing inappropriate <laughs> about this. There's nothing inappropriate. I don't know what you. Ah, oh, come on. Okay. Uh, how you guys been? I, I'm not sure what. I, Something just. I'm living, pretty confused at this moment. We're living in a bizarre world. That's oh, that's all I have to say. That's because Hatfield probably didn't look at at, at his Facebook Messenger. <laughs> Either that or didn't uh, click. I in did. The... See, here's the thing. <laughs> How much fun is it for the people listening to not know at all these little inside joke things? It's kind of like, well, I wish I could be hanging out with them. They seem cool. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, come on. Okay. I, I have to tell you, I got to completely change the subject here for a second. Can I do this? Okay. All right. So Lord. where so I let live. Let me get my crash helmet on. No, no. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> you might need it for this one, actually. That's actually a very legit thing to be wearing in this one. So it is 64 degrees in my city here up in the north. Um, for the first time since last, probably October, we've hit 60 degrees. City, and, city, quote unquote. Whatever. <laughs> in my northern lands. Anyway, um, so now all of the kids are out on their mopeds riding around. They, they ride around at like <clears throat> three and four and five of them together at a time. And so, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, whatever. It's what they do. Um, but I, I started giving them a little bit of a hard time because um, I always say, you know, they're not tough enough to be hell's angels, so they're purgatory's angels. Nah, that's funny. <laughs> you know, <laughs> funny that you should say that because there has been this growing in, uh, in Durham, there's this group of guys that ride around on dirt bikes, motorcycles, and four-wheelers, and they'll go down one of the, the heavier 
uh, flowing streets, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for traffic. And they'll, they've been taking up both lanes of traffic, doing wheelies and slowing down and just being like jerks. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, my wife and I just came back into town and we saw a whole, and we saw easily 30 of them all together in one cluster turning to head down one of the, uh, the streets to go mm. downtown. Oh, fun. And that can't be legal. No. But um, yeah, they just, they, they completely clog up both lanes of traffic doing wheelies and like uh, they actually go through red lights and it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, so and they, they actually try to intimidate any other cars and stuff like that that are nearby. I've seen videos. It's the largest of stuff group like I'd that. seen in a while, and that was like just that's just it, it annoys me to no no end. I've seen videos like that, and the thing about it yeah. is, at some point, some trucker is going to get fed up and say, "No, they stopped in front of me. I couldn't stop." And there's going to be thirty of them on the road. Yeah. Well, which ties into what we're going to talk about later on after the break. But um, anyway. We're going to talk. Well, we're going to get into <laughs> Washington's death, which is going to lead to a conversation about horrific deaths. It's going oh, to okay. be a real bright okay. episode. Anyway, fantastic. Let's start. Uh, I believe Hatfield, you've got something about a. You wanted to shoot a wad, or you had a wad, or a wad of something. Oh, wow. So <laughs> we we have a recurring not, not wow. segment. <laughs> um, called um, the most interesting man in history or interesting person in history, and that will eventually, you know, it's a repeating thing. So which which m makes it kind of um, an odd title to make. Now wait a second. I don't. A, this... I don't know if we can really top what we had. The last one was a shizzle, and I don't. I don't know if we could top that. Well, this in this particular week, we're not going to be doing the most interesting person. Okay, we will continue that again next week. Uh, I wanted, I thought maybe we could take a look at the flip side of that coin, at yep. um, the one of the worst people, and I mean, and you can say, okay, obviously Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, all these people, these were bad. These, I, we know that those are kind of jerks. I want to focus on perhaps maybe the little known. Um, we'll say D bags that are uh, <laughs> within history. Sure. And so I figured we could, you know, start a little segment called Wad of the Week. Wad meaning what a then enter, you know, whichever, you know, uh, epithet I guess you'd like to uh, to throw into this particular one. Uh, great, mm -hmm. you now, just screwed um, up the entire question. That was going to be the next. What? That was going to be the next trivia question to get on the show. What does WAD stand for? You just gave them two well, out of three. We could still do it. It just shows that they'd be listening. That's true. No, we we didn't give it away. It's fine. All right. Yeah. Fine. So um, I've uh, I've brought this up a few times that I've been making my way through a uh, book by the name uh, by uh, George Caitlin, um, who was born uh, in around 1796, died in 1872, and he was a portrait artist. Um, he, he became a portrait artist to go around um, to take uh, paint portraits of Native Americans before their culture and people are basically wiped off the map by encroaching, um, uh, I guess, manifest destiny. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of he it's it's interesting because he starts off talking about how noble and amazing 
these Native Americans are, and then flip flops to they're you know they're going to get wiped off the the face of the earth because that's what God intends or that's what fate has. So he, he flips back and forth. To, these are great people, but they're also really weak and cannot withstand the you know the uh, the wave of Americans that are coming through. But um, and that is you know you can I can kind of see how people could flip flop in the 1830s which is when he wrote these series of letters but um in this one particular one he was he's been following the path of lewis and clark pretty much like taking portraits of, uh, portraits of the mandan and a lot of the associated tribes around there well then we get to um one and please feel free to uh look this up but it's his letter number 32, where he's at Fort, Fort Leavenworth uh, along the lower Missouri. And he talks about how he comes across this mound that has this big cedar post, which has um, apparently it's the burial site of, um, of Sergeant Floyd, who was the only person that lost his life on the, um, the Lewis and Clark expedition. And he sits there and he sits, you know, he sits around it and he contemplates and he looks and he paints the scene with the, you know, the um, the Sergeant Floyd monument there and just is really reverent. And it's kind of interesting because he gets there about 30 years after the Lewis and Clark um, expedition. But then in the same letter, he winds up finding what's called Blackbird's Grave. And apparently Blackbird was a, an Omaha chief who was revered and maybe controversial to a degree. And um, the story is, is that Blackbird uh, died and wanted to be buried with his uh, horse. Well, of course, mm -hmm. his horse is still alive, so his horse is to be buried alive with him. Oh, fun. And so they described how the process would have been. Well, anyway, Caitlin finds Blackbird's burial mound. And let me just read what he says here. Mm -hmm. um, whilst visiting this mound in company with Major Sanford on our way up the river, I discovered in a hole made in the mound by a groundhog or other animal the skull of the horse. Mm hmm. And by a little pains also came at the skull of the chief. So he's found mm. Blackbird's grave, found the, the remnants of the, the horse and the man himself buried in it. And this is and the thing is, is that I've been reading this and going, OK, you know, he's got some interesting points. He's got some interesting observations. But it was at this point that I figured we need to start a new section of Wad of the Week. <laughs> because he finds the skull of the horse by little pains also uh, finds the skull of the chief then he says which i carried to the riverside and mm -hmm. secreted till my mm -hmm. return in my canoe when i took it in and brought with me to this place where i now have it with others which i have collected on my route mm -hmm. so he basically just went out and took whatever skulls he could find i think the word you're looking for is stole Yes. Well, I mean, is it stealing if somebody just leaves it there? <laughs> I, I have to ask. That's fair, I guess. Is is this? I mean, is he related? Go ahead. Is he related to Jeffrey Dahmer? 
I mean, he didn't eat the guy. He just well, yeah, well, I know. Oh. I mean, let's let's not go crazy here. He's just <laughs> rape robbing. He's not That's cannibal. Ridiculous. I mean, let's let's. I mean, come on. Well, wait. I thought cannibals is what we did here. No, oh, well, that's a good point. That's we have, we haven't touched upon that in a while. That is true. That's valid. That is true. Mm. <laughs> um, but I don't. I mean, the thing about trying to discuss cannibalism is is, is it, it's such a mouthful. <laughs> oh, you know, good night. Are you kidding what? me? Too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Which one are we talking about? I mean, <laughs> also anyway. Um, it, it's just a little thin in the skin. Well, the thing, that, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the thing about George Caitlin is that I, I mean, here's this guy, 1830s, finds a mound. He knows who's buried in it, knows the story behind it, and then takes the guy's skull with a. Apparently, he has several others because mm-hmm. I think in some cases the Mandan tribes lay skulls out in a circle in certain areas and he may have taken one or two of those as well because you know why not sure and and, um but the fact that he knows that this is i mean he doesn't it's not like he dug up floyd's grave and took his skull out right he finds this you know omaha chief skull takes that i mean knows that it's wrong because he Uh, secrets it down to his canoe yeah clearly takes it and hides it here yeah and then you know now he's got it you know and i guess he sits at home and does you know really crappy hamlet you know, <laughs> readings. alas for blackbird you know i mean it's you know oh, here, here's the worst part about and i'm on a serious note and i know it's hard for me to be taken seriously but um you, you know though you introduced the story by saying that he was out there to take photographs of these native american tribes because they were basically being run off and he was doing this basically to save and preserve their their culture and then he turns around and does that steals right yeah i mean he he talks about how he's wanting to preserve this culture and yet he's he's obviously willing to defile um you know burial sites along the way so so anyway so george caitlin uh, that is the wad of the week for our first uh, our first uh, section. So, um, congratulations! Enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there'll be more coming because I there's plenty of them in history. So, we'll, um... <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Well, clear enough. I suppose we should do a little bit of this week in history too. Let's we do it. Should. We should. Okay. Um, I'm going to spin the wheel here. I bet you falls on Geldmacher. Worst Geldmacher, you're first. Oh, hey, how about that? Uh... Dude's got 30 soundboards and doesn't have a wheel. <laughs> right. March 5th. <laughs> That's well done. That is well done. Good observation. I like it. Thank you. Uh... March 5th of 1770, British soldiers clash with American colonists who are protesting the British occupation of their city. Uh, Patriots uh, taunts and snowballs are met by troops musket fire. Five colonists die. Three are wounded. The Boston Massacre will fuel animosity toward British authorities among the colonists. The the first, um, 
I guess we could say, well, the first black person in American history dies in the revolution. But do you know his name? Uh, yeah, part uh, part African, part Native American, actually. Yeah, but well, do, yeah, but do you know yep. his name? Crispus Attucks. Nice. I was wondering if Hatfield knew. Oh, I guess sorry, I, I didn't mean to ruin it. No, it's okay. I figured I knew. you knew. <laughs> he just assumed that I knew. He wanted to test you. Right, right. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, uh, that, that was. Oh, which, by the way, I I have to uh, to do since we're talking about some stuff. Um, in our uh, I was listening to the Roger, um, po- the the podcast that we did with Roger a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago, and I was completely wrong about um my i was discussing port arthur and how the germans prevented the the japanese from trying to get that port and um it wasn't it was actually i believe it was the russians that had convinced the japanese not to do that which was one of the steps that led to the russo-japanese war it's always the damn russians yeah so Mm. um and then afterward they meddled in the japanese elections sure of Of course yeah so yep. I, I have to admit, I just got done watching the seven available seasons of Homeland <laughs> on on uh, obsessed. He's obsessed on Hulu. I, I am, but you know, I I was I'm not shocked, but I was a little little surprised when I I realized just how much Russian influence they they put into that there in the the later seasons. Like I get uh, it. You, I I w- I I haven't really watched too far into them to be perfect oh yeah i thought you was a character off you said the heck with this right well i'm not involved so why would i know anything (laughs) well i you said you were proud of the show there's no guarantee that i was actually killed i mean Mm, exactly here it is there it is there it is there's the announcement like i said (laughs) i was very much under the not influence yeah, Under the impression <laughs> that we're remember, there is a movement to get Hatfield back on that show. That's right. There is a move. There's a hashtag. We want Would Hatfield. We call it a movement per se. It's, I mean, I guess a movement one can person. Be one person. Yeah. Well, it's it's no, it's a movement. It's most definitely a movement. Bowel movement. That's what I was going to call it. <laughs> I had a great movement. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, March sixth, eighteen fifty-seven. Dred Scott's appeal that he be considered free of his owner uh, takes him to a not that he be considered free if his owner takes him to a non-slave holding state fails in the oh, I can't falls. read this oh it's false falls falls in the owner's favor the court holds that slaves are property not persons a decision that will be strongly opposed by anti-slavery northerners and serve as a catalyst for the civil war. I'm surprised Correct. you didn't Scott's have Scott's a fascinating and horrible court case. I am shocked you didn't yes. have Geldmacher read that one. That's just another St. Louis deal. Yes, it is. It started right here. Yep. And they were so between St. Louis Way and then go, Fort Snelling, Missouri. Minnesota, which is Minneapolis. There you go. Now, uh, have you guys so National Park Service has a wonderful, absolutely wonderful um, play reenactment that I found online that we do every year. And so basically the kids get to go through the process of what a courtroom's like. So I killed two birds with one stone of sure. teaching what the courts are like, but then at the same time it's on the topic of this. Um, it, yeah. So just, if you go to the, uh, go to the courthouse where that took place, it's, it's part of the national, uh, national park site, the mm-hmm. gateway arch national park. And uh, if you are on a field trip, they will actually recreate that court. Right. You know, that 
same thing with you. That's what I'm saying. I I've gotten yeah. their yeah. script and we do it in our in my classroom that with their script. Nice. Uh, yeah. Will, will he run out of the courtroom and then you'll hear a gunshot and then they'll come in and? <clears throat> no, 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 no. no. You're, He's you're dead. He says something else. I'm it's not Col- dead Col- yet. It's Williamsburg. Never mind. That's right. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> I'm getting better. Sorry. <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. <laughs> Your arms off. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, rude. Oh, it's me. Um, uh, March fourth, nineteen seventeen. Hey, that's a great movie. Uh, Jeanette Rankin. <laughs> Jeanette Rankin. Well, at least two out of three people think so. Oh God. What? Who didn't like it? Well, I don't think I don't know it's, if he likes it or not. That, I know it's he hasn't not that seen I don't it. like it. It's that I haven't seen it. Oh, Comes out on digital on Tuesday. I'm just saying. Hey, it's person, at the 99 cent, Hey, it's at the 99 cent theater just down the road from me. If you want to come up. Oh here. well, I'll be there in seven hours. Okay, sounds. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> hey, you know you're coming up for a hockey game, so why not? Am I? Well, I don't think so. I'm waiting oh, for the not? bootleg VHS to come out. Oh, I there thought, you go. I, <laughs> VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were coming up. For, whatever. We'll discuss that later. Ah, uh, we'll talk about it. Jeanette Rankin takes her takes not tanks. <laughs> Jeanette Rankin, oh, I can't talk. Jeanette Rankin takes her seat in the House of Representatives as the first woman elected to serve in Congress. The Montana Republican will vote against entry into World War One and for women's voting rights. Oh, I was going to say, based on how that was written, she was voting against everything: World War One and women's rights. Mm. But and for. <laughs> Women's really okay, very good. Very well, wait, go. no, did go she, wait, 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 wait. Did she vote for or against? Well, according to what this says, it's she, she voted, voted for women's voting rights. Women's voting rights right. Well, that's where my in not inflection, my uh, tone would potentially change the word. See, that's an oratory thing, and I know mm. a thing or two about oratory. Wait a minute, when was when was the um. 1919. Women's right to vote. 1920. This is the hundredth anniversary this year. Okay, not 1919. So it was 18. It was it was 1920. How mm-hmm. could she vote in Congress? I I don't know if. Uh, well, I it's possible. I guess there's not a. There's just. Mm-hmm. How could she have run for Congress? Which is kind of interesting. If women didn't have the right to vote, but yet people could vote for them. I individual states, I think, had the the option to grant voting rights early i think the whole 1919 thing if i'm correct and i could be wrong so we might have to have roger another one of our 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 friends listening out there come in and say rude you suck and you need to start over but well we don't need roger for that i can tell you that right now (laughs) right i believe on a state-by-state basis i've just got my hand hovering over the buzzer (laughs) i i the way i understand is individual states could do it it wasn't nationally like nationally protected until mm-hmm. the 19th Amendment. I think individual states had done it. That's how I there think it go. happened. Now, I could be completely wrong, and uh, anybody who wants to hit a buzzer, go ahead. I don't have my soundboard pulled up, so it's not going to be me. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm shocked. I feel <laughs> like the world is turned upside down. Shall I move on? Yes. <laughs> March 5th, 1946, in a speech delivered at Westminster College in Fulton, Missouri... The former British Prime Minister Winston Churchill decries the Soviet Union's growing militaristic dominance of Europe and raises the specter of an iron curtain descending across the continent. The phrase will immediately become shorthand for Cold War divisions. Woo! That was, was he, a lot of words. Can I ask, was he drunk when he gave that, that speech? 
He might have been. Who knows? Right. Only also, iron curtains nor- make for very, very bad curtains. They're, they, it's true, but they keep little, the light out. Yeah, they but do. it's a little hard on the on the curtain rod. <laughs> Not if it's iron. So, That's true. Some people call them pipe battens if you're in the theater. <laughs> hey, what do you call two guys hanging out uh, outside your window? Curtain. Uh, that would probably be um, curtain rod. Jason Rude and Rude and the guy thing. holding his ladder, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm guessing that joke backfired a little bit on you. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I hate you guys. I hate you. <laughs> I can't hate you guys. I, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so what do you, so, all right. So what do you call two guys hanging, hanging by a window? Curtain you already answered this. Curtain it's not going to be as funny. Curtain, it's not going to be as funny. Curtain rod. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Curtain whoa, rod. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Curtain rod. Kurt and Rod. Yeah. Oh my god. It's oh. one of my wife's jokes. Oh my gosh. That was uh, that was an awful long way to travel for that one. Well, we got two out of one. Oh. Uh, we really got two out of one because you guys really laid it on thick on me there, and then I had a stupid <laughs> one. Yeah, we did. And, and made an ass out of myself. <laughs> All right, March seventh, nineteen sixty-five. Marching for this is this is a good one because um I just showed my kids um selma this week in school mm-hmm. uh, marching for civil rights for african-americans hundreds of unarmed and peaceful protesters crossed the edmund pettus bridge in selma alabama and are met by state troopers wielding billy clubs and tear gas i don't know if they were wielding tear gas per se but they did have it public disgust that the incident will help galvanize support for passage of the voting rights act um John Lewis, one of the individuals who uh, he's just recently been <laughs> diagnosed with, I think, pancreatic cancer. He was uh, clubbed in the back of the head, uh, cracked his skull um, open. He had to go to the, the but it was that was a horrible, horrible event. And it was mm-hmm. televised, which was one of the things that um, really kind of turned this around, because I think a lot of people like uh, uh, Jim Clark, who was the sheriff at the time, I think they just did not anticipate the kind of backlash that uh, the media would have right. recording uh, such events. But um, it's a really powerful, powerful uh, part of the movie uh, done. And it was obviously a strategic that they cut them off from that bridge so they couldn't scatter and try to go around them. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, it was um, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. So yeah. that was television, like on TV. That's crazy. I mean, think about that. We had, uh, let's see, that was November. So, I mean, just in in the matter of what, almost just under two years, you had Lee Harvey Oswald getting shot on TV and then then this on TV. Goodness. No wonder. What a time time to have to sit there. I don't know if it was televised live per se, but I know they did did have it on the news. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, pretty bad. Jeez. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know the, the the Edmund Pettus Bridge is still very uh, very iconic. Uh, mm-hmm. I see a, a lot of pictures come across my Facebook feed. People said they finally got there to see it, and cool. um, obviously the movie. I, I I have yet to see that movie, so I'm almost as bad as Geldmacher, but not as bad because 1917 is you know. But anyway, um, well, one of the things that they also discussed <laughs> in film in, uh, in the the film was concerning um, uh, the out. Well, I guess it's not necessarily allegations that Martin Luther King Jr. had affairs. Oh well, uh, on his wife. Um, 
which uh, some sources say that he may have had as many as 40 affairs. Um, Wow. But uh, I I do not know the, uh, I think those were basically from FBI reports, but the FBI was also trying to smear him uh, was following he and um, Malcolm X at the time. So, um, right. So, yeah. Hmm. But um, that's a, that was something that I was unaware of prior to that, uh, the exploration of that in the movie. Oh, so well, that's interesting. interesting. Very interesting. All right. Oh, there's more. Uh, hang on. Uh, where am I? Here I. Go. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> Rude. March second, nineteen eighty three. The first compact disc go on sale in the U.S. and Europe. The format will eclipse vinyl before being eclipsed itself less than two de- decades later by digital audio players. What's the first CD you ever bought? Bought? Yeah. Uh, the first one I ever got was Ooh. Merry Christmas, Darling by Daryl Tooks, and it was a single that was given out at a Christmas parade by the radio station. Wow. Bought? Man, uh... Gosh, wow, it's got to be pretty close to, sure. um, I want to say the first one I ever got for Christmas was a Jackson 5, Best of Jackson 5, maybe. Nice. Or no, no, it wasn't even, that was Best of Michael Jackson early, early on. Oh, okay. Probably okay. the first one I got that where I'm like, hey, I want this one was, uh, <laughs> Uh, it was a double album. It was Michael Jackson history. And no, I'm not a huge Michael Jackson fan, but at the time I enjoyed a lot of his songs. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what mine was, to be perfectly honest. I'm wanting to say... I'm wanting to say it might have been 10 Pearl Jam, maybe, but no, maybe not. I, I Honestly, I'm not sure if I if I know what it was that I got the first one i can't i can't remember that's i remember the first audio cassette that i bought really i remember the first cassette too yeah that was uh night songs by cinderella Ooh, look at you look at you i never guessed hatfield was into hair hair music or hair bands well Dude, I, I grew up in the '80s. What did I, what else did I have to, to really listen to? You well, know you don't. I mean? Well, two things. Boy bands. Boy number bands. number one, I kind of suspected you were more of like the classical jazz, whatever. Number two, you don't have hair. Mm, that's a cheap shot. <laughs> that's, um, it's that's funny. Terrible. Don't get me wrong. It's funny. <laughs> of course, of course, I've been bald since I was a teenager. Is did, that what you're thinking? Didn't you oh, tell man. us you were the guy who who? got told he didn't have any sex appeal yes uh, but Nate, uh, wait, wait. was it because of that or was it something else well, are we are we we really gonna do this we no do no, this? no 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 because the fat guy sitting up here isn't gonna get into this he's yeah i float in water not with, uh, even without a life jacket oh boy yeah. oh boy I was going to say, right. you know, you can right. fit three of me in your shirt, and we're going to talk about my sex appeal. Okay. Here we go. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll give you mine, and then we'll move on. Okay. <laughs> the first cassette I ever purchased was uh, Huey Lewis and the News. Uh, Sports was the cassette. Oh, nice. Uh, and then uh, the first CD I ever bought was Led Zeppelin Two. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Poor, poor Huey Lewis. <laughs> what happened the voice him? stuff that's going on right now yeah yeah that's rough what happened 
He's um. They had to cancel one of his. They're they're going to release a new album, but he apparently has developed. I think it's Meniere's, or he's developed some sort of um, condition where he basically can't find his pitch anymore. Really? Yeah. And so they had to cancel or cut short one of his tours, and they're able to try and you know make it through this this album. But uh, he's kind of. Unless there's something that uh, that happens, he's kind of done. Wow, that sucks. Kind of done, yeah. And uh, they had a, they've had a couple of interviews with him. It's pretty sad. Well, I'm so. gonna bring it down a little bit further. So uh, here we go. March third, 1991, twelve thirty a.m. Police began a high speed pursuit of a vehicle on Los Angeles's Foothill Freeway. After the car is pulled over, L.A. police then pull Rodney King from his car and beat him, an event which will be caught on amateur video and inflame a city and a nation. Once again, video footage. Yep. Yep. And that was that was on TV. Yeah. Imagine if they had Facebook at that time. That was that was I mean, maybe I'm coming from a place of white privilege, but that was one of the first times I had seen really, I mean, witnessed police brutality. But but then, I mean, and the thing is, is that they were saying that he was on drugs. I see he was resisting arrest. But there was like, what, five people at least? Yes. That were beating on this one guy. I mean, come on. That's that's like I mean, I don't, I don't know what you'd have to be hopped up on to 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 have five people beat up on you and have that be justified. I don't Yeah. Well, I will tell you this, and I'm, I'm not, first off, uh, you guys know my background, where I come from. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to excuse what happened here, but I am going to tell you this. PCP absolutely would do that. No, he wasn't on oh, PCP. I'm, I'm sure of it. PCP absolutely would. Um, but again, I'm not here to try to defend. No, no, no. no it's you. been proven in court that what happened was not right and, and yep. isn't acceptable. Um, but yeah, uh, PCP meth can do it. Um, you, you'd be amazed what, with some of those, especially the hallucinogens where the things were based. Oh, sure. And, and I, you know, we talk about somebody who's drunk. Oh, they don't feel any pain. Uh, I mean, yeah, but sure. I don't know. But, but that being said, I mean, it's not like they were, it did not look like they were trying to subdue him. Again, no. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not talking no, about that. that situation. I know that one. I mean, that one, we all know that. Right. One no, I'm just trying to say that even, you know, if we're talking about PCP and stuff like that, I mean, even if Rodney King had had been that, it's not like you had five guys piled on him trying to hold him down. They were sure, like sure. beating him right. to pieces. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, the, a dark, all right. Well, a dark, uh, yeah, not a not a good day in history there. <laughs> Who the heck put this list together? I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't know. What a jerk. <laughs> Uh, we'll mm-hmm. it on. I guess that person's going to be wad next week. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, <laughs> was there another thing we were going to do before the break? I forget. Nope. No, we already did the wad, uh, wad of the week. So, um, yeah. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll take a break and then we can come back. Yeah. No more, no more cannibal jokes here. Let's get to the meat of this episode. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. <laughs> That reminds me, Geldmock. I got a bone to pick with you. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> okay, okay, oh, okay. Uh, this is two, two clowns. Two clowns are eating a cannibal, and one turns to the other and says, "I think I messed this joke up." <laughs> this is really decayed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll take a break and be back uh, after this. 
Yeah, please. It, yeah, when we come back, we'll find out just what that bone was that you wanted to pick. We'll be back. Oh. More History Bros right after this. On uh, this network here. <laughs> Two clowns. <laughs> They're eating a, a cannibal. And one looks to the other and says, I think I screwed this joke up. Oh, my Lord. How disrespectful can you be, Hatfield? We can't even get through taps as we're going to honor the death of the first president of the United States of America. Uh, Wait, Adams? Wait, who is that? No, it was Lincoln. Lincoln? Was it Lincoln? Was it Lincoln the first one? Is it Washington? Yes. He's dead? No, he's the guy that had the tree fall on him. He cuts it down, says, hey... I'm not going to lie. It hurts. Right. <laughs> yeah. That really hurt? Right. <laughs> didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. I can't lie. No, it didn't hurt. Yep, that's what happened. I can't lie. My spleen is ruptured. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, no, mm. that's not how he died. Of course, you're uh, referencing the story that is fallacy. That he cut down his dad's cherry tree and said, Father, I cannot tell a lie. It never happened. What? He didn't lie about it? Or he didn't cut it down? Or he didn't... It wasn't his dad's? Or it wasn't a cherry tree? I thought he spoke Spanish. I thought we talked about that one time. Which part are you talking about? This is so confusing. None of this. None of it was true. He never cut the tree down. He never told None of it's true. Now, Next you're going to tell me he wasn't president. What are we even talking about now? I don't even know. We're actually going to research somebody that was never president that didn't do it. I don't see. This is ridiculous. Listen, we did conspiracy theories two weeks ago. Wait, when the tree fell on him. Oh, no. Did his limbs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Have you no. ever seen have you ever seen Mount Vernon from the air? Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have. <laughs> this week on things that look like a swastika. Well, it's kind of interesting because when my wife and I went to visit Mount Vernon, the guy came up to us and said, Vil Coleman. <laughs> You know, like, I don't. Are we in Germantown? Did you I say Bill Coleman? We? What is this? Place? Did you say Bill Coleman or Welcoman? Bill Coleman. Okay, because Bill Coleman is Norwegian, and it's, it's, now it's German. people it's German. are no, no. Bill Coleman with a V with the whole Nazi with thing. a V. Yeah, I know, but I'm changing it because there's people out there that are claiming that George Washington was actually of Norwegian heritage. Um, oh, which geez. I don't know that I buy yet, but we'll see. I, but yes, I don't, I don't know if anyone's ever accused him of being Norwegian. <laughs> accused? I, yeah, thanks. 
Yeah, because <laughs> you know when he's, you know, when they're, you know, crossing the Delaware on that frozen night, he's going, That's the Swedish. That's the Swedish, you idiot. Oh, okay. Well, Scandinavian. It's tomato, tomato. <laughs> right. How do you spell that? T-H-A-T. Ah! <laughs> so we are talking about the death of Jorge Washington. Yes, we are. Oh my! Uh, wow. With the, <laughs> this is the last time George, I suggest a topic, the, which is the who's the namesake of the George Washington Teacher Institute. That is true. And Hatfield, how'd that turn out for get you? Into yeah. Uh, why are we talking about this again? <laughs> I've got a. I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's well done. What I don't understand the reference. What? I, I don't know the reference. Oh because, boy. Uh, it's because you were born in two thousand whatever it was. I was born in eighty <laughs> five. <laughs> Graduated from high school in two thousand three. That is true. That that part is true. But this is an Iowa, so it was like like it was one of those one room schoolhouses. Oh, where the girls went in one room and I mean they had to sit and then they had the slates. <laughs> <laughs> this may not be a piece. What is happening you could, right now? And, and you could you could smoke from a corn cob pipe at the age of five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This coming from a hat field. This coming from a hat field. Going from what? Coming from a hat field. Oh, this you you were just talking about me being bald in the last segment. I, I owe you a few of these, so you can That's just true. sit down, Sparky. <laughs> I, I, oh. I, I excuse me, you can sit down, Sven. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh boy. So okay, so, so why Sven, yeah. why were we going to talk about uh the death of George Washington? What because is uh, what's the controversy? So it's not so controversial. It's just really horrific oh, how it happened. Well, it's controversial. Well, yeah. Okay. So if you go to. Uh, Mount... He wasn't going to live forever, Geldmacher. God. <laughs> no, 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 no. Demigods live forever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, oh, wait. Geez. Oh, that's right. We that's... don't. Yeah. Oof. That's. Well, so remember that. It's not going to go to the George Washington Teacher Institute. <laughs> <laughs> I got denied last year. I'm okay. I'm over it. Oh. Um, uh, so that's the thing is if you go to Mount Vernon, I'm going to be very honest with you. The, uh, the staff there is very, very, very much. Um, Opposed they, work, to swastikas. <laughs> they work very hard to protect the legacy. And, and I, I would contend the image of George Washington, which I get, I understand, you know, sure. I mean, he's not there to defend himself. He's there, there to defend him and, and uh, uh, and then, of course, take care of the property. But and that's why and I am going to get political here. That's why I think Jefferson's Monticello is way farther ahead on interpretation uh, as far as addressing the fact that, yes, this is a president's home, but it's also a plantation that um, took a, took advantage of enslaved people. Um, mm-hmm. Mount Vernon does. They're starting to a little bit, but they're very, very, very careful on how much they do about that and uh, 
Well, they they do have like they're excavating or preserving, rather identifying uh, the slave burial ground, yes, which is down is... below right. his his tomb. And so, I mean, and they've got signs, and then they have a memorial that's up there. But they're actually trying to identify where the bodies are actually buried there, and they do have. Uh, a little memorial for that, which well, I was lucky enough to participate in. Right, so but as cool. far as embracing it, yeah, they've sort of embraced it, but they still push the stories of Washington. Um, moreover, where and this is where you you, you guys got to go to Mount, Mount Ver, or Monticello once and and see what I'm getting at here. There's just there's a very um, it's just more pronounced and a little, I don't want to say honest, but a little more open about it at Monticello where Mount Vernon's a little guarded on what they do with it and what they say. Yes, they, they acknowledge it, uh, but not the same way that, that Mon- Mount Monticello does. And again, I'm not trying to say who's right and who's wrong. I'm just saying what my observation is, having been there a few times now. Sure. I'm just surprised to hear that uh, George Washington's not buried at uh, Mount Vernon. His, He's not buried. His He's entombed. He's entombed. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> oh. so for those of you just now catching up with uh, the history book, <laughs> some time ago we were giving Rude a hard time for saying that Thomas Jefferson was not buried at Monticello. That's not what I said. <laughs> it's not even close to what I said. I am Joe pretty Locker, sure that's Joe. exactly what was said. That is okay, not true. Two, two to I one, s- you Rude. I yep. said he's not there anymore. He was buried there. But the the soil is very acidic, and so he got up one day and said, "This sucks. I'm out." (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny because Michael Jackson was dancing there, and he crawled out, and then they they danced off. Oh God! I can't. This is such (laughs) sacrilege. This is the dumbest thing. (laughs) Well. They haven't made uh they haven't, you know, decided on the Monticello teaching institute, so I guess they have now. Well, they have now. <laughs> you know what? No. I, you know, there was Rude had said that because of the uh the chemical a, makeup, I guess, of the soil. The acidity sure, of the that, soil. Uh, yes. Jefferson's uh remains are no longer there, so we like to give him a hard time. Right. Now, I will say this. George Washington was not buried at Mount Vernon. Well, no, the soil is too acidic. No, (laughs) no, he wasn't. He was entombed in one location, then they rebuilt another one, I think, in the 1930s. Yeah, and reinterred him. Was it 1930s? No, it was the no. Or was it the 1830s? We went over this once in one of the early episodes. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, the reason why he and his wife are still laid out the way that they are is because the door to the vault was not big enough for them to um, place their tombs uh, or in- re-entomb them, according to what I heard. So they're a sarcophagi. That is accurate. So that's so, why they're still laid out. So they're not buried. They legitimately are not buried. They're there. They're entombed, but they're not buried. So if you go there, and, and anybody that has been there knows what I'm talking about, you can go down to the tomb, and you can pay your respects to the general um, and, and Lady Washington. Um, and uh, don't Lady even Washington. go there, guys. Don't even go there. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> now you threw me off. You can go down anyway. Go where? It's there. Go where? Where are we going? <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I'm just saying there are two people buried there, and it's not just they're not right. both George Washington. Right? That would be silly. Anyway, yeah, this is kind of crazy. It's George like, Washington. We don't even have like 
let's talk about how we ended up there. Before we even talk about how we got moved, let's talk about how he ended up um, uh, not among us, like to the point where cannibalism could have been an option. What? <laughs> what is, what is happening? Too far? What? Okay, first, first, there's Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and now there's the cannibalized George Washington story. Okay, here we go. The the walking Washington. <laughs> Come on, Carl. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. So, George Washington. All right. Let me let me yes. get going on this here for a minute, and then you can throw whatever you want. Yes. Okay. So, George Washington. When you go there, they will tell you that he died of a uh, respiratory infection, or or sometimes they'll say quinsy, which is a swelling of the epiglottis. Uh, yes, and for years that was accepted by a lot of people, um, but as the time as time has gone on, and now we're we're two hundred and two hundred twenty one years as of December from his death, um, more and more people are saying, "No, nah, I don't think what they're saying he died of is exactly what he actually died of." Right. Um, there's another piece of the story, and I <laughs> I would contend that it's it's not what's that. What'd you say? He said he, he, he got better. He got better? <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> so that's another piece of it. He did I'm say sorry. when he realized... So sorry. When he realized he was... <laughs> when he realized the end was inevitable, he did say, do not bury me for less than three days after my passing. Just because he was terrified that he would be... Just in case. Yes. He do was terrified. Do not bury that, me for less than three days. You do not bury me. Uh, wait no less than three days to... I was going to say me. you bury me, but after three days, you better dig me back up just in case. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Uh, sorry. No, he was, was he was afraid of being buried alive. Yes, very terrified of it. So he said you have to wait three days before... Really? I didn't know that. Me. Yep. Um, that was one of the last things he said, and then he said something else, and I'll, I'll gotta go back and look it up. But anyway... Uh, tis well. Tis well. There you go. So, so the whole point here is <laughs> yes. uh, George Washington uh, it was reported to have gotten sick on the night of December 13th, I believe it is. Maybe even December 12th. 12th. It was the 12th. And yeah. now he had only been out of office for a couple years. Th- 30 months is what it was. Yeah, he wasn't. He, yeah, he, he was the one that started the. Um, the tradition of only serving two terms because right. it was not actually a law up until FDR's time Correct. in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. But um, when he stepped down after two terms, that became the traditional maximum number of terms that people would serve. So like Jackson and people like that, that when they served, if they were reelected, then they would step down because that was just how things were. That was just the tradition. So, um washington had been in public life for a lot you know fought for the revolution uh at much of his own family's expense and then you know as overwhelmingly elected you know president and then after a couple terms he's kind of like you know i'm i think i'm ready i think i'm ready to go back home and sort of just you know take care of business and he's home for less than two years and uh he's out riding his horse inspecting his fields and um he apparently develops this sickness in which he's laid right. up right in bed so ba- well and before he died basically the story goes that he came in and he was very concerned about being prompt so he came in to go uh go eat dinner with 
uh, Martha and uh, the other, well, whoever else was there. And instead of changing out of his damp clothes, he's just stayed in them to eat. Um, and that supposedly contributed to his becoming more ill. Uh, and so basically that night he wasn't feeling good and he woke up Martha Washington at around midnight, one o'clock in the morning saying, oh, I'm, this is, you know, I'm, I'm very, very, you know, I'm, I'm sick, call for the doctor. And, mm-hmm. uh, but he wouldn't let Martha go out to get the doctor because it was cold and she was just coming off an illness herself. You know, sure. the, the, uh, the room itself that they were staying in had a fireplace and was heated by the fireplace and he didn't want her going out into any kind of cold environment and potentially getting sick herself. So what they did is they called for the, um, secret service. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 mm-hmm. the, uh, that, no, not, not the house. Really like, okay. No, no, no. His personal assistant, Tobias Lear, who was, um, uh, obviously he sent for the doctor, which is, uh, Dr. Crake is who they, they sent for. Um, but then they also went to get Albin Rollins, who was a, um, skilled as it says skilled in the art of bloodletting because you have to understand at that time germ theory wasn't even on the horizon people didn't understand how people got sick at that time they thought about they call them the four humors and someone you're gonna have to help me out here well now now i kind of disagree okay i think they had some understanding of it because it was at if i'm correct it was at um valley forge that they started doing the inoculations you're right the inoculation so i think they had some kind of understanding of because i think they had they had learned that from i think uh slaves there's a tradition in african cultures of doing this kind of thing uh, yeah, and so I think they true. probably had some understanding of it, but maybe not a full, complete. Yeah. Clearly, not a clear understanding because when they remove blood from you, that's right. generally not a such a hot idea. And that's the thing yeah, is, the, um, the, it was during, com- the, during the revolution. For those of you that aren't aware, um, I think it was at smallpox. Yes, they were yeah. uh, lots of people. It was a huge. It was a pandemic, almost as bad as coronavirus. Just kidding. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta go wash my hands now. Yeah, so um, they will make sure you don't use your mouth or make you, you use your mouth to open up the tap because you don't want to touch anything. I can't, okay, real just quick sidebar that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I <laughs> posted was. a meme on our webpage on the Facebook page where it was like how to actually, you know, protect yourself from the coronavirus. <laughs> In the first diagram, you see a guy using his mouth to turn the tap on. It says because you don't want oh, to you touch don't your dirty hand. That's yeah. disgusting. So anyway, um, but uh, so at Valley Forge, I mean, they were uh, they were woefully unprepared, um, uh, 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 ill supplied, sure. and a lot of them were dying. A lot of people across the 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 colonies were dying from this, and they found out that they could, you know, basically carry around a sick person, and then they would make an incision, I guess, basically on your arm, and take a small amount of the 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 virus hopefully small amount and rub it into the cut that they had made and this was obviously inoculating in which they would um, hopefully your body would be able to create a an immunity or defense against it before the disease spread across your body and killed you and it actually did it was it was pretty um i think the uh the fatalities once they started doing this dropped exponentially 
<laughs> um, you wound up having, I think, a three-fourths success rate sure. um, where it had been, um, I think, eight out of every ten people or something along those lines. It was, uh, it was a pretty massive scale. So, But anyway, with Washington getting sick, being laid up in bed, which, by the way, if you go to Mount Vernon, you can not only see the room in which he died, but the bed upon which he he died. Right. Hmm. Um, and so they bring this doctor and so explain the process of bloodletting. Yeah. So basically what they do is they, they open you up and they make a, a, a small cut and they, they bleed some amount out of you. And the first time they bled him was only like a cup of blood. But you have to understand, and here's a quick medical lesson, you have about five pints of blood in your body. You sure. need, bare minimum, you need about three pints of blood in your body. So they're going to bleed him the first time and take about a cup out. And then a few hours later, they're going to bleed him again and take another cup out. So now he's already down a pint. Um, okay, so real quick, I believe uh, there are nine. The average-sized woman has about nine pints of blood. Oh, An average-sized man has about 12 pints. Okay, well then I was wrong. Okay. I'm just, I, I just, I just want. I'm not. No, that, I just wanted to still, verify. I wasn't. It's, it's still. I mean, if you, I think it's Cherno that uh, tell, talks about it. They continue the process of bloodletting to approximately five pints. Yeah, you're right. So it's it's a lot. Yeah, sorry. I, I mean, got my numbers off. It's quite a bit of blood. I got my numbers off. I'm sorry. I thank you. No, Matt, no, 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 no. It's, I wasn't trying to call you out. I was just trying to wanting to verify because I was like, five pints sounds like it's a that's a little so, low. No, you're right. But anemic. but yeah, it, you're right. It, so that's the whole thing is now you think about it. Twelve pints in a full grown male. Uh, take five pints out. You're down to seven. That's sure. Uh, what you're I'm working with about of, half. Yeah, a little over. Um, yeah. So that's my thing is they did a couple of things. Number one, they, uh, they, they bled him, which, as we know, the blood loss was over 40% by the time it was done over the course of just a few hours. Um, on top of that, they gave him this mixture of molasses, vinegar, and butter, uh, which he was supposed to gargle. But the problem was it got caught up so dang bad, it made it so he couldn't breathe. It basically choked him out. And he said it was right. just in a terrible, terrible experience. So they basically had to try to get that cleared out because what's going on, he does have a legitimate infection in his throat, which is causing swelling. And so he can't, he can't get air in as well. Um, so, you know, we joke about the, the coronavirus, but it, that you know, kind of does the same thing in some ways as mm -hmm. far as making it difficult to, to, to breathe. Um, but then he also was supposed to inhale steam of vinegar and hot water which did not help all that much. And they swabbed his throat with a salve of, uh, and a preparation of dried be beetles. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That sounds who, great. Who thinks of this? Well, that right? was medical practice at the time. Here's the other thing they did to him. You're going to enjoy this. especially. <laughs> well, one of you two might. They gave him an enema. Oh, why would one of well, us know that? <laughs> yeah, which, you, uh, I'm you curious as to which one which you think. One, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's why. I um, actually, <laughs> if I'm correct, um, uh, enemas. I think in um the the big Spanish flu in I guess it was 1918 mm -hmm. that wiped out more people than the civil than the number of people that died in the Civil War. We're talking about 680,000 people. Um. 
they one of the processes they thought would cure people was giving them enemas. So this isn't, you know, they were doing that right. well into the 20th century or early 20th century. Right. And obviously the only thing that you really needed to do is go down to the Winchester, have a pint, and just wait for all this to blow over. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so anyway, obviously he was getting weaker and weaker. Now here's my, my theory. We can talk about the infection as being the, the ultimate cause of death, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, you gave a guy an enema, which is going to dehydrate him. You pulled out 40% of his blood, which is obviously a lot of blood. Literally dehydrating him. Right. The key is that dehydration took place. Right. You know, I, I had heard they'd given him mercury pills and caused him to throw up. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'd heard that. Um, I haven't been able to confirm that in my research, I guess, at this point, but I'd heard that through a, another source. Um, which would be only cause more dehydration. So you got to think about right. this. Um, it, it's kind of like the mercury was used to try and treat uh, venereal diseases a lot too during that time. So uh, it could be. Well, of course, he had syphilis when he was with his brother down in uh, the tropics. Mm. That's why he couldn't have kids. But anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I just had a never mind. Um, <laughs> um, what was? <laughs> Uh, oh, <laughs> so so here's the thing. I, I I feel like anywhere I would step would be a landmine. So I'm just trying to keep it quiet. Yes, yes, it would be. Um, so they they the thing they, is, they 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 bled them about five pints is what you're saying, right? And, and so that's the thing is we it's called hypovolemic shock. And and think of the body's sure. the body is very similar to an engine. And when your engine oil or your engine oil pressure drops, it can't push the oil through the system. Because right. there's nothing there. I mean, that's the whole thing is to push stuff through, you have to have pressure behind it. And so if you lose your blood volume, it's a, that, that's your blood pressure. That's why people that are sure. like 60 over 40 blood pressure, uh, us in EMS, we freak out a little bit um, and start trying to, to put more, you know, volume of fluid back into the system, <clears throat> trying right. to get that, that, that pressure back up. And so I contend, you know, whatever, the, the, uh, the infection did what it did. Um, but I still contend that hypovolemic shock was a huge contributing factor, if not the ultimate contributing factor to his death. I would agree, which is a weird, just an odd way to die, just the loss of blood. Oh, I thought you were going to say I would agree, which is odd, you know, to agree with Rude. Well, that too, but <laughs> it's fine. Well, I mean, I was I was unaware of. I mean, I knew that they probably would have done some bloodletting. I did not. I, I it never crossed my mind that that could have been probably the contributing, if not the main factor. But um, um, yeah, that's um, well, it just that's quite a bit of blood. That's crazy. You know, we hear about bloodletting, and you know, if you go back and look at the old uh, SNL with Theodoric of York, if you remember that at all. You know, they were doing that there. And, you know, the barber was the surgeon and the blood letter and whatnot. Um, you know, so we, we think about it. It's like, oh, that's a terrible way to treat stuff. But at the end of the day, they probably didn't understand how much that volume they were taking out and what that was doing. Right. Right. You know, so I, uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, his last words, as we as we said, uh, I'm just going or he, he called for his will and uh they, they, they found it, brought it to him, and he, he had two written out, and he asked Martha to throw one away, which she burned, and then there was the other one that he wanted. And uh, supposedly around 10 p.m. on December 14th, he says, I am just going. Uh, have me decently buried. 
and do not let my body be put into the vault less than three days after I am dead. And then, do you understand me? Tis well. And that was it. Died within an hour. <laughs> and uh, that, that, that's all she wrote. Um, Martha, mm. at that point, never slept in that bedroom again. Okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, you know, there are other people who have died terrible deaths. And I've got a few of them okay. to share with you guys if I could. Sure. All right. Um, let's start with uh, Ishikawa Goman, sentenced to death along with his infant son and boiled alive in a huge iron kettle while holding his infant son above the water. And when he couldn't Ugh. hold this up and up any longer, he plunged his child under the water. And I'm not even going to finish it because that just bothers me. Mm. Um, then he stood up, held up his, uh, and then he croaked oh, as yep. well. Nope. Bad. nope. Bad, bad, bad. Um, yep. Blackbeard. You ever heard of him? Yeah. That's Black, like North Blackbeard's, Blackbeard's a good one. Um, my go, wife go and I stayed um, at a place on the coast of North Carolina within basically view of where his uh, ship was uh basically i guess run aground so you were in ocracoke um well we were near they have a a, a big uh not this was um oh, i can't think of it right off the top of my head but they have a a, a a a nautical museum there with a lot of uh raised blackbeard uh stuff from this from his ship sure um, sure i have a friend that's uh, at a school that i used to teach at in wilmington who was part of the group that found uh queen anne's revenge really and uh, hmm. yeah, they um and they brought up um you know the cannons and stuff like that and cool yeah his is uh his is pretty his is pretty crazy yeah so they shot him like five times stabbed him a <laughs> bunch before he died then they cut off his head to make sure he was dead and hung it on the bowsprit and sailed off and the rumor is <laughs> that his body swam around the boat three times before it finally sank into the water yeah there's a uh, some uh rumor about that yeah i mean like I, a chicken with its head cut off right <laughs> right <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <Ugh. laughs> <laughs> giles Corey, i've heard that name a victim of the salem witch trials refused to plead guilty Pressing with stones uh let's see here yep they basically sandwiched him between a couple boards and then they had boulders placed on top of him until he was crushed to death it took two days and the only thing he said during the whole time was more weight. What a badass. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so, so, so Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> this you've got. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Jeez. God. Might want to go pick up your purse there, Sonny. <laughs> Oh, so boy. apparently there's a story by the, uh, we've all, you know, um, the Greek philosopher Pythagoras, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, apparently he had some intimate, some people that uh, took issue with his teachings and, um, he was being chased. They were going to kill him and he ran away and then came across a bean field allegedly, um, which he refused to go through. Because uh, according to, I guess, his own teachings, that uh, they beans were ritually uh, unclean. Mm. And so they caught him and killed him. 
Okay. He yeah. basically stopped. He stopped running. Uh, okay. That's always that's just nice. at least one of the the stories that I'd heard. So, Jeez. Ferdinand Magellan. Hmm. You ever heard about this one? No. So Ferdinand Magellan is credited with being the person who made it around the world, all the way around the world first. But the truth of the matter is Magellan never made it. He, um, he landed in the West Indies near the Philippines. And upon departure, a battle ensued with the natives, and he was ki- excuse me, killed, uh, but not before enduring a poison arrow to the leg, spear to the face Ugh. and arm, and uh, other injuries, in order to hold off the natives and allow, allow his remaining crew to escape alive. Jeez. His crew went on to he was they buried him there, or I think they actually went to another island and buried him because they, or however it worked out. Um, and then the crew actually finished it, so he gets credit for being the first to go all the way around the world, circumnavigate. Even though he didn't make it, but yeah, but he didn't make it. Oof. Yeah, gotta love <laughs> it. Or here's one. Here's a candidate. It's not gonna be, but a can- candidate for most interesting man, Frank Devereaux. 1883, the body of a bear was found next to him, uh, uh, next to his, uh, with the ground around them trashed in a large circle. People are, it's assumed that they fought to the death with their bare hands. Wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> he probably, That's could, crazy. yeah, that sounds like a grizzly bear. Oh, that, mm. see, that's the thing about a bear is like, once they get, get on you. They just club you and continue to paw at you, and then they they, they slight swipe at you with their claws. Sure, it's not good. Or, yeah, Klaus Stortbecker, Stortbecker, German pirate. They caught him and sentenced him to death after he offered the city a chain of gold that reached around the whole city once. The mayor promised him that everyone on his crew, seventy-two of them, that they could run by after being beheaded will be free. Legend says he ran by... Ill- oh, anyone that he could run by after being beheaded would be allowed to be freed. So they cut his head off and let him run, and those <laughs> whoever he ran past would be free. Supposedly he ran by 11 of them before the hangman tripped him. Holy wait, cow. Wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> so they're going to cut your head off, and if you're able to run by them, you'll be free? No, yeah. no, no, no. So they line him up. They line up the other people. It. Yeah, cut a cut somebody's head off, and for as long as that body keeps running, anybody he passes will be set free. Oh, 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 okay, wow. I think that's what I got out of that. (laughs) Was did it actually run at all? Yeah, he ran past eleven of them before the hangman tripped him. But the joke's on them. The mayor uh, beheaded all seventy-two of them anyway. (laughs) Jeez. There's another Wad of the Week candidate. That's a very bizarre game. (laughs) (laughs) Here's one. St. Lawrence of Rome. Executed by roasting on a giant grill. And allegedly his his last words were, turn me over, I'm done on this side. (laughs) You know, um, there's a a cannibalism joke here. Yeah, there is. (laughs) Yeah, there is. I'm not going to say it, but there's one here. Turn me over. I'm done on this side. Wow. James Robinson. He's a Medal of Honor winner, actually. Um, Hmm. He went out in a very manly way. Uh, He took several bullets and was lit on fire by tracer ammo while assaulting and destroying an enemy enemy machine gun nest. Holy cow. Yeah. That's that's pretty badass, actually. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Here's another one. Maximilian Kolbe. Uh, he was a Catholic priest that was sent to Auschwitz for sheltering and escaping Jews. Mm. For sheltering escaping Jews. Uh, a prisoner had escaped, uh, and 10 others were selected to starve to death in basically a hollow concrete cube. Uh, one of the selected cried out that he had a wife and children, so Kolbe stepped forward to take his place. Oh, he and gosh. Th- yeah, when he and three others were still alive after two weeks, he was injected with carbolic acid. When it uh, came to his turn, he gave his arm over without a struggle. Yeesh. Yeah. Well, that's awful. <laughs> Here's one. Here's uh, I found one here. Ben Cochran. Uh, he was a trapper working in Manitoba in 1922. He was all alone by a river, uh, by a river when he saw the wolves approach. They were massive timber oh, wolves coming from all sides, and he had no hope of escape. The only chance Cochran had was his rifle and the few bullets he carried with him. He fired at the wolves, but doing so failed to scare them away. So he fired again and again, killing seven of them before his last bullet was spent. Cochran didn't stop there. As the wolves pounced, he turned the gun around and beat them with a the rifle stock, pounding against their heads. He managed Ugh. to kill four before he'd smashed his weapon into fists against their skulls. At last, the Goodness. wolves overpowered him. Uh, they tore his body to shreds. All that remained to tell his grim Northland tragedy were the trapper's bones. The papers <sighs> reported when his body was found, uh, but the bones of 11 huge timber wolves were found near the spot where Cochran had been attacked for a testimony of the unfortunate man's fierce struggle for life against overwhelming odds. Holy and cow. Th- three of those apparently wound up in the possession of George Caitlin. <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um, oh are those skulls <laughs> here's uh. a, here's a, a u.s army dentist ben solomon who was killed in saipan in 1944 when the japanese overran his position he provided covering fire to enable evacuation of the wounded from his medical tent his body was found slumped over his machine gun with a pile of 98 dead japanese infantry in front of him holy cow yeah. Um, wow. So let's see. That's it. Uh, oh, this could be. Oh, Vincent Coleman, uh, a train dispatcher in Canada during the Halifax train disaster in 1917. A munition ship near Halifax collided with another ship, caught fire, and drifted to shore. It was certainly going to explode, and Coleman started to evacuate, but he remembered that a passenger train with 30 people on it was scheduled to arrive shortly. He went back to a station, sent a message to the train, and the train stopped a few stops before. Coleman died along with 2,000 others in the explosion. Uh, here's the message. Oof. This is the message he sent. Hold up the train, ammunition ship on a fire in harbor, making for Pier 6, and it will explode. Guess this will be my last message. Goodbye, boys. Yikes. And uh, one last one here for you. Julius Caesar. Got stabbed uh-huh. in the back 23 times and still standing and only losing the will to live when you hear your or when you see your bro has betrayed you. Of course, there's what 37 that didn't leave the other award. <laughs> yeah, it just goes to show you that not everybody involved in a project will do their yeah, work. Yeah, that's true. See how we brought that full circle? Perfect. All right. I keep seeing an advertisement for a, uh, one of those kind of like chef's, you know, knife holders that look like uh, Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Stick all the knives in the back. Oh, my yep. Lord. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh that's terrible. Oh. It's funny, though. It's, 
it's you know, is it too soon? Is it too soon? No, it's fine. Probably not. Oh <laughs> man. All right, boys. Well, do you guys uh, have any other ones? No, you did a great job, man. Yeah, those. I think those uh, will be sufficient. All right. <laughs> Seriously, that was awesome. I mean, not awesome. It's terrible. But... Well, yeah, they're they're tough. Um, and again, some of them are heroic, and some of them are like, "Holy cow! I can't believe humans do this to each other." Um, but um, nonetheless, that's uh, that's how she rolls. So yeah. All right. Well, it's been another good one, guys. I appreciate it. Heck yeah, it is. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hatfield, I, I understand you're getting a little hungry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's we uh, we went to go visit my mom, and she had had a little taken a little bit of a spill, and we just got back a little while ago, right before we started um, recording this. So it's okay. I'm hungry too, Hatfield. I'm not like I bet. cannibalism hungry, but I'm hungry. Tell you what, I could eat an arm and a leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, again, no. Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not all gems. They're not all gems. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do. You know, it, uh, it's just the na- nature of the beast there. Uh, but uh, hey, uh, what uh, do we have? A, do we know what we're going to talk about next week yet? Or do we talk about maybe doing movie stuff next week? Yeah, well, uh, we could post something on uh, Facebook once we actually kind of figure out. And um, but yeah, I think we were going to talk about uh, possibly doing um, some uh, historical movie type stuff. I might reach out and see if I can't uh, pull somebody on board. To, to talk about their experiences. That would be absolutely outstanding. Could you get Tom Hanks? Sure. I tried to get Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Of course. See. I don't. I you know Tom and I. I just I don't know. I want someone interesting. Could you? <laughs> well, wait. Could you get Mandy Patinkin? Do what? Could oh, you get boy. Mandy Mandy Patinkin? Well, we're gonna. You you want? We're gonna fight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a no. No, we're not getting him. <laughs> uh, let me let me check real quick. No, okay, we're not. Okay. Just checking, just checking. Yeah, can you get Claire Danes? Let me check. Uh, no. How about Pittman? Nope. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, hey. yeah. no, oh he, he refuses. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. Too late, Pittman. You're already in on this. <laughs> whether it, whether he wants to or not. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll see what we what uh, Hatfield can come up with for. Famous people to talk to. Woo! No pressure. Absolutely. No pressure. No pressure. None at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. I suppose it's time for the uh, inevitable ending of this oh, week. No. Of the History Bros. We appreciate you joining us here as we talked about death. Not good death either. Sad oh, death. Things that made people say "ooh" and "oh" and oh. things that make you go. Hopefully, <laughs> I think he died while riding it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> All right, I'll turn that off. But anyway, oh, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Anyway, we th- appreciate you joining us here on the History Bros one more time. Uh, of course, uh, give this a like and a, a share on any your fo- on your favorite social media platform. Help us out. Yes, please. Uh, we want to spread this around. And, of course, Hatfield uh, came up with a gem on social media. Uh, we may have crossed the 6,000 mark as far as number reached. Yes, that is a thing that we track because that's what we do. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be. So thank you to everybody that did like and share that one. Uh, so far, it's been our biggest post ever, and that's that's notable. Um, 
got to love it. Um, we crossed over 6,000, 6,035 Woo! reached 57 nice. shares and all kinds of comments that are some appropriate, some not. And we'll leave it at that. But thank you to everybody. <laughs> of course, you can get us at uh, the History Bros on Facebook or History Bros Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be there to check it out. If you've got suggestions, kick them back to us. Uh, we're always looking for ideas for what the next topic should be. Um, it's okay to reach out to us. Uh, we don't bite. Uh, and even if we did, we're, you know, it's the cyber stuff, so we can't. Anyway. There's another cannibalism joke there, but I'll let it go. Fair enough. Fair enough. So with that. <laughs> Thank you once again. I am Jason Rude sitting here in Iowa. Sometimes they call me Corn. Brian Geldmacher in Missouri. Sometimes we call him Dirty. And then you got old NASCAR, Jason Hatfield down in North Carolina. God's country. Yeah, North nope. Carolina. Call it what you want. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, boys. Good to talk with you. <laughs> you too, man. Peace <laughs> out. See ya. Deuces. <laughs>